0: Today on the Wedding Planning Podcast, I have an inbox full of your wedding questions, including everything from how to choose a DJ to wedding day comfort, planning a New Year's Eve wedding, and so much more. It's all coming up next on the Wedding Planning Podcast. Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wedding Planning Podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and spending a few moments with me of your week talking about all things wedding. I have a collection of your wedding planning questions to answer today. And before we get started, just a reminder on how to submit any wedding planning questions or issues or conundrums or dilemmas that are on your mind, you can always be in touch with me. I have a wide open door. And to do that, you will simply visit our website, which is weddingplanningpodcast.co and look for the contact button. You can choose to send in a voicemail, you can send in an email, whatever you're comfortable with. I would love to hear from you. And to get things started for today, we're going to talk about wedding fairs, wedding expos, bridal shows. These are all interchangeable terms. I'm going to use the term wedding fair. And a listener wonders are wedding fairs worth the time and the money? My fiance and I are trying to decide if we should prioritize putting this on our calendar. And my answer is yes. I love wedding fairs for some different reasons. Number one, it's kind of like walking through a Google page in person. And I like to think of it almost as getting to speed date potential vendors. So instead of pecking through a ton of different websites and submitting a ton of different contact forms and waiting for the vendor to get back to you and scheduling a time for a call, you get to do all of that in one day simply by walking through a wedding fair. This is a really easy way to get to know local vendors face-to-face, and you're going to get an immediate sense of their personality, of the quality of their work. These booths are sometimes very elaborate showcases of a vendor's past work and past clients. And again, you're going to get instant access to information like pricing, packages, any flexibility that that vendor has in creating a custom package for you, creative solutions that you can work in to make this fit with your wedding situation, your budget. Typically, the price point for a ticket into a wedding fair is pretty reasonable. We're talking anywhere from $10 to $25 and up. And I I truly feel that even those higher-end, higher-ticket price shows end up being totally worth it for a really well-run show. I've always had a great experience at a wedding fair, and I could do an entire episode about visiting a wedding fair and how to maximize your time at a wedding fair, and... I actually did. There is an entire show all about making the most of your time at a a bridal show, wedding fair, again, these terms are interchangeable, and you can find that episode dated November 9th of 2022 if you just scroll back the podcast feed. Next question for today, how to choose a DJ? We have no idea where to start. So going back to our first question from seconds ago... A wedding fair is your perfect starting point. DJs love to rent out booths at wedding fairs, and you should have a great pool of local DJs to talk to and interview at any mid to larger sized wedding fair. The things that I would be looking for are experience, value, and connection, experience value and connection and let's take a mini detour really really quickly and i'll say even if you're not shopping for a dj specifically this little mini conversation can apply to any vendor who you're thinking of hiring so those three pretty vague points let's break this down into some more specifics so experience meaning how many weddings have they done in the past What sorts of past client reviews and feedback can they share? What types of feedback and past client experience stories can you find online? Take a look at their social media. All of these are really important collections of their past experience and gives you a good idea of their working style, their end product, and again, most importantly, their past clients experiences. If a vendor does not have good past client experiences, to me personally, that's a stop point right there. And our next point here in choosing a DJ or any other vendor is value. So go ahead and collect information from three to five to seven various DJs or DJ companies, and really do a value comparison of what they are offering for what price. Like most any wedding vendors, the DJ space is really, really competitive, and with your patience and your willingness to negotiate, to press back, to ask for accommodations, to ask for a deal, you should really be able to broker a deal that works for you, for your budget, and for your wedding situation. I know it takes a little extra legwork on your part, but if you're able to collect quotes from, again, three to five is a good number, and then really look at what's being offered. That's the best way to get the best value. And then lastly, and this one is perhaps the most important, is the connection that you have with any DJ or potential vendor. So your initial impression of this person at a wedding fair, you get to be face-to-face on the spot. What's their vibe? What's their energy like? How are they interacting with you? Are you feeling comfortable with them? Are you liking them? It, in the case of a DJ, that person is going to have more direct interaction with your guests than possibly any other vendor you hire. So it is really, really important that you're drawn to their demeanor, their energy, their vibe, and that you're feeling that right away. So to recap that one, how to choose a DJ, a photographer, a wedding planner, any vendor, really, you're going to look for experience, you're going to look for value, and you're definitely going to prioritize the connection that you have with them. Okay, next question. My dress is very heavy with a dramatic long train. Should I consider a separate reception dance for dancing? This is a really, really important question because it highlights an underlying issue of being comfortable on your wedding day. And I don't feel like this is talked about enough, so let's spend some time highlighting how incredibly critical it is that you feel 1000% physically comfortable on your wedding day. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to relax and truly be present and enjoy your wedding if you are uncomfortable. And that goes for your hair, your shoes, a dress, a suit that doesn't fit properly, anything across the board that's going to make you feel like you're fidgeting with something, something is rubbing the wrong way. It's really going to put a damper on your enjoyment of the entire day. Comfort is first and foremost, number one. And when we're talking about a dress, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to experience walking around in your wedding dress for 12 hours until your actual wedding day. I don't know anyone who has actually test driven this and I don't recommend wearing your wedding dress around for 12 hours before your wedding day. Um, we're not used to wearing a dress that weighs 15 pounds and has six feet of fabric trailing behind it. We're just not. With that said, there are a couple of easy alteration accommodations that you can make to the train. And I'll talk about those in just a second. And then there's this possibility of simply having a smaller dress to change into for the purposes of comfort. So let's go one by one. The easy alterations you can make to your train just to make it more manageable would be number one, you can add a loop to the train and then this loop is something that you just kind of hold in your hand or it can go over your wrist. You may have seen this in pictures. That's fine if you're willing to be carrying it around all day or all night, so to speak. And then the second would be a really common alteration to your dress train, which is called a bustle. And again, this is just something that the alterations department of your dress store would do, or you could have a tailor add a bustle to your dress. And essentially, it's little hooks and buttons that make the train kind of fold up onto itself, so that it's not dragging behind you for the entire reception. For any smaller size train, I would say a bustle is a really good solution. I had a bustle on my wedding dress and it worked out just perfectly. You don't need to fidget with it. You don't need to carry it. You will need someone to help you take it up and down, but that's an easy fix. If you have bustle or not, if you have any thought or doubt in your mind of whether or not you're going to want to wear that dress for 12 plus hours, I think it never would hurt to have a backup dress to change into at the reception. You don't even need to end up using it. You don't even need to end up changing into it. Maybe you'll be perfectly fine in the big wedding dress and never need it. I don't think there's any downside to investing a small amount of money and a small amount of time in finding a cute dress that would be comfortable for you to change into. There are a ton of super affordable party dress options online. I have a few favorite sites that I shop on online and there are always white dresses and short dresses and just a ton of really cute options. So I will link to a couple of my favorite sites for a party dress or a reception dress in today's show notes. And then before we move on just really quickly, add shoes to this list. You may not want to be wearing your actual quote wedding shoes for twelve plus hours, so that's definitely an important one to have on the list of a backup pair of shoes that you can change into in case you start to get blisters, rubbing, just need your feet need a break, whatnot. So to wrap this one up, just I'll say one more time, comfort on the day of your wedding is so 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 important, and again, I feel like it's one of those things that kind of gets like brushed under the rug or not prioritized as much as it should and it doesn't just go for a dress or clothing or shoes it extends to everything from your makeup to your jewelry to your hair. If you know me in person you know that my hair is always up on the top of my head in a messy bun because having my hair down and around my face and falling in my face drives me nuts. So if you're someone who doesn't like your hair to be down and in your face and bothering you, then maybe an updo is the best. Just really point by point think about all of these things and prioritize being really, really comfortable. And next question, what are your thoughts on a New Year's Eve wedding? We love the symbolism of beginning our lives together at the start of a new year, but the logistics of actually planning for New Year's Eve seems really hard. This is a great question, and let me start by saying that planning a wedding, any wedding, can be as simple or as complicated as you make it. And that's actually a really, really beautiful thing because you have full control over making this as simple as possible. If I personally were planning a wedding for New Year's Eve in 2023, which if you're listening live, that is less than two months away. Here's how I would do it. Number one, I would invite only my closest family and friends and loved ones. Number two, I would make arrangements ASAP to get in for a courthouse ceremony or identify a loved one to perform a very simple ceremony and get all of the filings and the paperwork underway right now to get that marriage license and get ordained and get everything taken care of. And then number three, I would plan a really simple but really meaningful celebration at home or at someone's private property. And I would prioritize having good food, fun cocktails, music, and just spending time together. Now, obviously, and very understandably, you may be completely turned off by planning a wedding in less than two months. And that's totally fine. You can make any time frame work, but still keep it really simple. I do want to add for New Year's Eve weddings, just keep in mind that if you're envisioning an elaborate wedding at a hot venue with all the bells and whistles, you are likely going to need to get things reserved well in advance. And I mean like two to three plus years in advance. New Year's Eve is a very popular wedding date. And obviously it's a very popular date for parties and get togethers and venues will book literally years in advance. So be aware of that and plan accordingly. This is why I'm a fan of keeping it small, simple, and hosting everything at a private property so that you can remove the stress, the expense, and potentially a very long wait time of booking a more traditional venue. Next up, let's chat about something really close to my heart we often prioritize wedding photography and for very good reason. But here's a thought. Videography is just as, if not more, pivotal. Why? While photos freeze one moment, videos capture the ambiance, the laughter, the music, and all of those spontaneous, fleeting emotions. Enter Shudder and Sound Films. Their work isn't just videography, it's cinematic artistry. You can relive the tremble in your partner's voice, the joyous applause, or that unexpected dance move during the reception. It's all there woven into a high-end film that's uniquely yours. And for those wondering about locations, they've got 14 major U.S. cities covered, including spots like Boston, New York, L.A., and D.C., Plus, they're all about adventure and are more than willing to travel for your big day. So as you're planning, remember, photos frame moments, but videos, they let you step back inside them. Check out Shutter and Sound Films at ShudderAndSound.com and let your wedding day be a cinematic masterpiece you'll revisit time and time again. Susan's Travel Services is so excited to partner with you to plan your honeymoon, destination wedding, or maybe even your bachelor or bachelorette party. Susan and her team have been planning dream vacations for 27 years, and they are truly the best in the business for start-to-finish planning services. Travel and new experiences are incredibly special to me and Susan and her team have helped me plan some unforgettable vacations, including a bachelorette party in Cabo and a family anniversary celebration in Cancun. They meticulously researched the best all-inclusive options for us based on some very specific priorities and the professional assistance in choosing location, resort, activities, and transportation was absolutely priceless. Susan has been in the travel business for 27 years and she personally travels to her recommended destinations all the time. So she has firsthand on the ground experience with all the amazing resorts, excursions, and services that she recommends. From all-inclusive resorts in Mexico and the Caribbean, overwater bungalows in the Maldives, or that African safari that you've Always dreamed of, save yourself hours of research and guesswork and let Susan and her team find you the best options for a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Reach out to Susan and her team today by emailing info at dot com and be sure to let her know that I sent you and get $50 off your final booking or two hundred dollars off your destination wedding. Her email one more time is info at susanstravelservices.com. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 570-726-6200 Next question. We are struggling with creating a core wedding vision and building everything out from there. I feel like we have so many ideas, but none of them are cohesive or seem to go together. Our wedding is set for fall of 2025. Is there an easy place to start that I am simply missing? Yes, (laughs) there is. And it's your venue always start with your venue. You mentioned in your note that the wedding is just under two years away, and that is plenty of time to plan. So first and foremost, take any pressure off yourselves to feel like you need to have this all figured out and settled right now. In my humble opinion, it's not important at all and you shouldn't feel pressured to have any sort of wedding theme or colors or overall schematics identified at this point in your planning. When and only when you are 1000% certain of your wedding date and also a rough at least a rough version of your guest list then it's time to tour wedding venues that are going to accommodate your date and your guest count. Stepping inside a venue that you love will answer so many of these big general questions for you. And this flows into another closely related question, which is what's a quick list of things that we should prioritize when shopping for venues? So let's go ahead and run down a quick venue shopping checklist. The first thing is to consider your budget. Your wedding venue is likely going to be one of, if not the biggest expense item on your budget list. So it's important to have an idea of the total amount of money that you're working with so that you can be appropriate as you shop for venues and knowing exactly what you can afford. Number two to prioritize is the layout of the venue. So how does the flow feel? If you want to have ceremony, cocktails, and the reception in one spot, then you're going to need to consider a venue that can accommodate all of those things. Or if you want to have a ceremony at a church and then head to a separate venue for the reception and cocktail hour, you may want to consider the distance between the two. Number three is you have to know your guest count. And I mentioned that just a minute ago. You must have an at least a rough draft of how many guests you plan on inviting to the wedding. So you cannot go out venue shopping for a venue that accommodates no more than 75 people if you're not quite sure yet and you wind up having 150 people that you want to invite that's not going to work. So you have to take the time backing up a minute, you have to take the time to sit down with your partner and come up with a guest list. It does not need to be the final version, it does not need to be set in stone, but it does need to be a solid enough number that you can go ahead and lock in a venue and be confident that that venue will accommodate your party size. And then, of course, next on your venue shopping checklist, you need to determine availability. And this ties back to knowing your wedding date. You might find the perfect venue, but if it's not available on the date that you already put on a hundred save the dates that you mailed out, then it's not going to work. So you simply have to have a date set in stone and confirm the availability before you take any further steps down the path of exploring that venue. Another important checkpoint is to know any restrictions for a certain venue. So for example, what time does the music need to be shut off? Maybe they have vendor restrictions and you have to work off their set list of vendors. That can be a big turnoff for a lot of couples. Uh, Use of candles, any decoration restrictions, restricting children these are all hidden little loopholes that you want to be sure you understand fully as you're shopping. And then finally, you want to get a good feel for the different package options that, that venue offers, whether it's all-inclusive or whether you're looking for more of a blank slate where you're going to bring in your own decorations and chairs and tables and whatnot. Just be sure that you understand what your options are with that specific venue. And then some final thoughts here, your venue is really going to determine a lot of your wedding overall vibe and the feel and the flow of things, and it can make or break a wedding. So definitely take the time and be really, really patient as you're looking around and find the absolute right venue for you. Some couples book a venue up to two or more years in advance. And that's going to really be dependent on your area, your local venues, what's available, how quickly things book up. So I don't think any time is too soon to start exploring this. I would not recommend you know, pulling the trigger on making a decision like two plus years out if you're not certain on some of the other elements like your guest list, like your date. Uh, but I don't think it's ever too soon to start visiting sites and just getting a feel for them. And then next question, what are some hidden fees that we can look out for with our venue and other vendors? This is a very loaded question because hidden fees and costs are everywhere in the wedding planning process. You may have already noticed. And coming up next week, I do have an entire show that's dedicated to hidden fees and expenses that you might forget to budget for. So stay tuned for next week's episode for much more on this. And next email here, I have a question about invitations in relation to guest number. How do I specify the number of people invited to the wedding when we address the invitations? Is the understanding that whatever name is on the address is the one and the only ones invited? So, for example, if I want to invite my friends Jim and Jean, but not their five older children, I would just address the invitation to Jim and Jean and not the Smiths. And another question about plus ones, my cousin is single and I'm desperately trying to keep my guest count down. Again, is it understood that whoever is on the envelope is the only person invited? Okay, I'm going to stop there. The question keeps going. But let's just say standard etiquette, standard operating procedure here is that whoever is on the envelope is invited to come. So, for example, Jim, Jean, and family would include Jim and Jean and their five children. Jim and Jean is just the two of them. And confusion and awkwardness comes up all the time here because not everyone understands this, or they choose to kind of play dumb, so to speak, and they choose not to get it. So the same goes with a plus one. If you are including a plus one, then the envelope is addressed to your cousin Lisa and guest. If you are not including a plus one, the envelope is addressed to Lisa. If there's any doubt in your mind that your cousin or your aunt or your friend from college is going to quote get it, Then I would recommend shooting them a very straightforward text message, picking up the phone, and giving them a call to explain the fact that you are having a small and intimate wedding, and unfortunately, they cannot bring the person that they're dating. I know that that is not the most comfortable and fun conversation to have, but if you already proactively know that your cousin Lisa is gonna play dumb and bring her boyfriend that she's been seeing for a couple of weeks who she met on the internet, Then having a quick, uncomfortable phone call now is going to be a heck of a lot easier than dealing with her random boyfriend coming to the reception uninvited six months from now. So, that's do with it what you will. That's my advice. And then, one more quick point on this one more touch point that you can have as a communication opportunity with the people who you're inviting is to put an FAQ section on your wedding website. And this FAQ section is the perfect place to address any awkward questions or issues that might come up. So for example, you can create an FAQ that literally says, is it okay if I bring a guest? And then the answer would be, sadly, we are hosting a very small and intimate celebration with only our closest loved ones and space at our venue is very limited. So no, you cannot bring a plus one. You can word that a little differently. I did that on the fly, but you get what I mean. All right. And that wraps it up for today. Again, I mentioned at the front end of today's show, if you have wedding questions or concerns or things that you would like to talk through on an upcoming episode, you can always submit those by visiting our website, which is weddingplanningpodcast.co and look for the contact button. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thanks again for spending a half an hour or so with me today, and we'll meet again here next week, same time, same place, and we're going to be talking about hidden fees and expenses that couples often forget to budget for. A very important conversation, and I am looking forward to it. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wedding Planning Podcast. For episode recaps and special offers, visit our website at wedpodcast.com. There you'll also find a link to submit your wedding questions and future show topic requests. Follow us wherever you listen for new episodes every Wednesday. And if you're loving the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review to share your favorite episodes and thoughts with other couples. Wishing you a happy engagement. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. And we'll talk again next week, same time, same place.